Uh, hey guys, I'm here with Scotty. Scotty, say hey. Hello, everyone. Hey, um, and we're going to talk about recovery times or muscle recovery times, um, purely based on a question uh, or a couple questions that we've both had recently at the gym. And, um, you know, something that we often say during a workout will be like, you know, we're going to do this every three minutes. You know, if you don't feel like you need the two or the two and a half minute rest, then, you know, maybe we're going to have to change something. So we're not quite getting that desired stimulus. So we kind of wanted to delve into that a little bit today and talk about kind of the why and the how of why we do that. Um, and I guess the first thing that I'd probably want to share is that, you know, I used to think, I used to also be quite confused by this and I would think, okay, if I'm not out of breath then why, why am I resting? Um, and I wouldn't even consider like any, I guess I never even crossed my mind that I had to wait for everything else to kind of re recover and catch up. So, um, yeah, it's been a, been a learning experience for me as well. So I guess, um, Scotty, do you want to kind of, um, start with that and kind of, I guess, answer why it isn't just a bit about being out of breath. Yeah, 100%. And I know this is something me and you have talked about together in the past and something that is coming up uh, at Uplift at the moment and people asking questions about it. But we've all had exp experiences with ourselves and with clients where they just want to be go, go, go all the time, you know, no rest, always want to be doing something, always want to be moving, which is great. But ultimately, it depends on what our goals are, okay? So when we are training, what is the intended stimulus? I.e., What do we want our body to get out of it? And what is our end goal? So we'll do lots of different little things and play tunes with these different styles, which we're going to discuss along the way. So one of the first ones we talked about was hypertrophy or hypertrophy, as people break it up into two things. Essentially, this is training for muscle growth in particular, okay? So we would use an example in uplift if we're doing something where it's four sets of 12 reps. Typically, they say that eight to 15 plus rep range is where we're going to be looking at hypertrophy, trying to grow muscle. Now, we use the RPE scale quite a lot in uplift, so rate of perceived exertion. How does that feel out of 10? If we're going to do something for let's say 12 reps, it should only really be those last three reps where it starts to get really, really tough, okay? And that is essentially what we would call hypertrophy or muscle growth training, okay? Now, in uplift, if we use it as an example, we would typically try and superset these movements. So we would try and get sometimes two muscle groups in there, maybe more of what we call non-antagonizing. Oh, we're getting all the words in today. All oh, the pieces yeah. Um, <laughs> so... Let's think of an example. It might be something like a back squat. Okay, we could be doing 12, four sets of 12 reps of a back squat, followed by 10 banded pull-ups. Yeah, Jazz is pulling faces at me over the top. Because 12 back squat sounds horrible. But continue. <laughs> me and Jazz are both about the pull-ups. We both agreed upper body training is much more fun. The typical rest time that we would be looking at is around 60 to 90 seconds, okay, between our working sets, okay? Typically, these shorter rest periods create more of a what we call a metabolic response or a response from our body, which is going to give us muscle growth. Okay, so again, this is going to look very different to some of the other styles of training that we're going to talk about. But when your goal is muscle growth, we're looking at typically around 60 to 90 seconds. So using uplift as an example, we might go, okay, team, we're going every three minutes for four rounds. You're going to do 12 back squats. You're going to do 10 banded pull-ups. You should be aiming to have around that 60 and 90 second rest mark. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that's what we would call optimal. Now, this does change from person to person. I'm always going to put that caveat in there, but that would be the optimal period of rest. 
that's going to allow you to give the same level of intensity in that next set. Whereas if we only rated 15 seconds, for example, you might not be tackling those back squats and pull-ups with the same level of intensity and therefore not essentially getting the same level of benefit from that set. 100%. And I think the key thing you said there was mentioning the RPE. So I know every time I I speak about this, it's like, okay, well, what's the difference between doing five reps and 10 reps or 15 reps? And when we say that, we're not talking about, um, you know, me just doing like an, a body weight squat, for example, right? If I did a body weight squat now for five reps, that wouldn't mean that it's more strength based. And if I did 10, that's better for building muscle. And then if I did 15, that's better for muscular endurance, right? That's not the case. We're talking about achieving that desired intensity or like Scotty said you know eight maybe nine seven plus at least on that RPE scale so making sure that is tough and you've only got maybe one two max three reps left in the tank whatever that is so my five reps is going to be hopefully heavier than my eight reps for example and I think that's really key as well that they should be different you know and and especially when we play around with you know doing more of the hypertrophy type training that Scotty mentioned versus doing more of the strength-based training like for example yesterday we had five reps of five um bench press and that weight and that stimulus is going to be really different to doing four by 12 bench press um and it can be difficult and you know you think okay but last time we did 12 but i did 20 so this time for five it's like it's going to be completely different um and because the stimulus is different so when we are looking you know more kind of towards the lower end of the rep range scheme um you know let's say like your five reps your six reps kind of lower than what scotty said that's more channeling or more more trying to kind of achieve the stimulus of building strength right and also this is where it gets a bit wishy-washy as well because you know and a bit kind of blurred because obviously scotty said you know between 8 and 15 is generally like the kind of um you know recommended range for hypertrophy which is great we're definitely going to build muscle but obviously below that we're still going to build muscle and above that we're still going to build muscle so it's all they're all overlap massively so that's something to bear in mind it's not like if you some if you do seven reps it's meaningless um because seven never seems to fit in any category <laughs> so it's up to six and then starts from eight um so yeah if we're working for strength or we're looking to build strength and power as well power training isn't you know something that a lot of us will have much experience with i personally don't i don't know if you do scotty but maybe thinking more about like our olympic lifting can kind of fall into that category as well you know we're going to be resting for like between two and five minutes and you know for a lot of us like five minutes is a long time i don't personally have all day to spend in the gym so if i rested for five minutes I probably wouldn't get much done two to three minutes is probably more applicable for a lot of us and what that's going to do is that's going to make sure that for those strength activities, you know, like doing a five rep max bench press, like I said, or doing a three rep max deadlift, not necessarily a max, but, you know, a heavy three, something that is really challenging. It allows our, you know, like our muscles to actually recover because it does take, you know, that if we're thinking about ATP, which is what our muscles use in order to almost give our body energy to do it, it takes that long for it to actually kind of replenish. So we do need that long. So you know, going back to kind of, I guess what I said at the beginning about me starting training and being like, oh, but I'm not out of breath. I'll just go again. And it's like, yeah, but you know, if you finish a set of five bench press and you can go back and do it again, it's probably not the, the right weight for five bench press. No, hundred percent. And I think the term that's came up a couple of times there is that term rep max. So, you know, in a lot of the training we do at uplift, we talk about a hypertrophy phase and then we'll typically go into a strength and power phase where we then look to, you know, test or measure how we are performing there. Okay, now it's important that we're not just talking about when we say performance, it's not competitive, it's not looking at, you know, who can lift the heaviest, but it's just about how we can still push our body to the higher end of that RPE scale. So 
like you discussed there, we had this week in the program, five by five bench building to a five rep max. Okay. We did not superset that with anything because we wanted all our focus to be on the bench press. And we went every two and a half to three minutes. Okay. So making sure that everyone got a big old chunk of rest in between. And in particular, from a, a coaching perspective, as we started to get to set three, four, five, you know, take your time, rest in between because the stress that you're not only putting on your body and your muscles, but also your nervous system, when we're going that heavy, needs chance to recover in order for us to, to probably push through. So I think everything that you've said there is absolutely correct. Now, important to say that these two things aren't mutually exclusive, okay? As coaches, when we are programming, we're designing a program, you know, for general physical preparedness to get people fitter, stronger, we can and will chop and change between these modalities, okay? It's not about just having a big fat period of one, followed by one of the other. But those rest times, we will try to stick to as much as possible, and particularly if we are newer to training, okay? Because it takes a little bit of a while to feel out, you know, what is that RPE? You know, the first time you try anything, it probably feels like a 9 or 10 out of 10. But after a few weeks of doing these movements, and you manage to be able to... to gauge that a lot better and naturally start to be able to push yourself a little bit more so this was a question we were asked by one of our members can we give her a shout out yeah she's a big fan she'll know who Diane, she is who hopefully is listening to this podcast and um, she talked about you know kind of why do we have certain set rest periods why sometimes do we not and if we talk about someone's training age if i give an example so let's just say if I walked into the gym for a very first time. I've never seen this equipment. A rower is a mythical creature as far as I'm concerned. And you tell me to go on that rower for one minute as hard as I possibly can, okay? I'm probably going to get off that machine feeling a little bit tired, a little bit hot, a little bit sweaty, okay? But my body's probably not able to push itself to an absolute maximum of something that I'm doing for the first time. Whereas if we take, use the example, jazz training age of about seven, eight years, maybe longer, your body is going to be able to push itself much, much harder, okay? Now, the rest I would need as a new trainer after that would be much shorter than you, okay? Your training is longer. Now, some people might look at that on paper and go, oh, that person, you know, is really tired after doing that exercise. They need a lot of rest. Are they unfit? That's not the case at all, okay? It's just the level that you're able to push your body to, especially in that strength and power when we're working at those maximums, and naturally takes a little bit more rest because... As we get more experience, we're able to push ourselves to even new levels. A hundred percent. And that's that's a really good example as well. And just made me think of, um, I don't know, if, I know that you've done it, Scotty, but I don't know if anyone else has ever done a 500 meter row test, um, which lasts, you know, for most people, like less than two minutes. I felt, I think mine was like one minute 40, right? Bear in mind, that's how long my workout in inverted commas was. I think felt sick for about 45 minutes. <laughs> And that just goes to show, you know, like in terms of not that I would ever wouldn't recommend that, you know, as like a kind of daily, you know, training principle um, to work for 40, one minute and then rest for 45. But, you know, it just goes to show when the intensity is so high because um, that was complete max effort. I wasn't doing anything else after that. Then, you know, you really do need m much more recovery time. If I was then able to go back on the rower five minutes afterwards and do it again, like that would have not been a true, you know, 500 meter test or time trial right um so yeah i think it's really important to consider that kind of training age so what do you think that means then you know what does that mean for someone that is newer um you know doing that the same workout as someone that is you know a little bit more experienced 
it's all about working to your own maximum or going off the RPE that we kind of give you um, in the program as coaches. And a good example is the in-house benchmark that we use. Um, we, we probably put these benchmarks in every two to three months just as a bit of a check-in, okay? And, and one of them is on an erg or a machine, so either an assault bike, um, a rower, a C2 pedal bike, or a ski machine. It's 30 seconds on, two minutes off, for five rounds and on paper you know a lot of people would look at that and go wow i only have to work for 30 seconds and then i get to rest for two minutes now we could have someone who's done that test now with us yeah two or three times and they would see it on the board and think oh no yeah <laughs> if i move. see if i oh. see more rest than work i know it's bad news uh, 100%. <laughs> okay so um someone actually from the gym uh came and said the other day you know i'm i'm doing this test and i feel like i'm getting more tired after every time I do it. And I said, well, look, that's not because you're less fit than you were before. You're just able to push yourself a lot harder than you used to be able to. So our fitness level moves up with this too. So what used to, the results we used to get from giving a nine out of 10 are a lot more now potentially than before because we've progressed as we've gone along. And as particularly when it comes to our training, the rest periods need to move with that as well. Definitely. And not only that, not only are we getting stronger, are we getting more powerful, we build more muscle over time. A really important factor I always find as well with with newer clients and, you know, their strength just goes room so quickly as soon as they refine their technique. And I always say to everyone, like the technique and getting your form right is the hard bit. Like it really is. And people always think, oh, like she's just making me feel better when I'm like being really picky about engaging your lats, whatever it is. I'm like, no, once you've nailed this, it's easy. You just do the same, the same, 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 same. Add in a little bit of weight every time and that will that will happen because your body will adapt. The hard bit is nailing the form and getting it right the first time. So then you have that nice solid foundation to build upon. So, you know, when we are thinking about like a five rep max bench press, for example, you know, someone that has great form, that has great technique, that really knows how to drive their heels into the ground, squeeze their glutes, is going to move much more efficiently than someone who that is, you know, that's completely new for. And it's, it's going to feel much harder anyway. So, you know, if you're thinking about using an empty barbell for the first time and it, it feels really hot, um, heavy and wobbly and you know you're not able to use your whole body versus a bit of practice it's going to feel much lighter as well so you know although we're not just thinking about strength and, and power kind of increases also as you just kind of get more comfortable with the movement you know you practice it becomes much more natural that's also going to make everything feel much easier and then you're going to be able to do much more as a result okay and which brings around actually a, another really interesting point which is which makes this kind of philosophical debate, which I know me and you have talked about. Sometimes using a heavier weight in a certain style of workout makes the workout easier. So weight doesn't always translate to harder. Um, and a good example of something that we use at Uplift is normally for our finishes, something like an AMRAP, okay? Now, if we say, as an example, the AMRAP is going to be calories and push press, this is a really good example, by the way. Four, um, eight, 12, and so on, up the ladder. If you go heavy and you have to put those weights down every three reps and take more rest, you, by the end of that workout, are actually doing potentially less work than someone that goes lighter and moves really well and does, you know, 10 more reps by the end of the workout. Now, obviously, there's a fine line of balance within there, which is down to the individual and the coach to try and tease out together. But ultimately... More weight does not equal more work, especially when we're trying to look at different styles of training, which brings us around to our next point on there, which is training for endurance, which is our typical more longer workouts. Now, 
we would be looking at a rest time when we're training for endurance. This is both cardiovascular and muscular of around 30 seconds to one minute, okay, is the kind of range where we're typically working with either body weight or lighter weights to try and make the muscle work. Now, if we use running as an example, that rep range, okay, that distance is going to be a lot higher than, say, a sprint. So we can compare our weights to body weight as well. So running over 20 metres as fast as I possibly can versus running over five kilometres as fast as I can is a very different style of training and we're going to get very different results. The same as lifting an empty barbell for 100 reps versus lifting a 100 kilo barbell for five reps, okay? So mm -hmm. it goes back to that kind of reps and um, reps and weight uh, scenario. Yeah, I think that third example there, like the muscular endurance is one that a lot more people are comfortable with and especially me coming into fitness when I did like, you know, it would be, okay, 30 seconds, get your breath back, go again. Um, you know, so your kind of typical, you know, your like body weight workouts, your Joe Wicks, your home workouts, the apps, you know, all that sort of stuff a lot of people are familiar with. So especially when we go from that into kind of more strength or power training or even hypertrophy, it's like, oh, why, why, am, I, why am I doing nothing for a minute and a half, you know? And it's like, well, we don't want to see those weights go down. We want to keep the intensity up so I guess that's the difference really and and like the example the AMRAP example you gave which was a really really good example just to kind of reiterate that even further you know if let's say it's that that same example calories and push press let's say you were to do it and put some numbers into it so you know if you were to do that with two 10 kilo dumbbells you would be flying through it right you would be like calories push press calories push press like super super fast out of breath your shoulders would be pretty warm but like you'd be able to move move through it you wouldn't have to drop the dumbbells between sets whereas if you did that with 25 kilo dumbbells for example the workout's going to be much slower you're going to rest more as a result. So because we're doing more rest, you know, you're going to have a little bit of rest in that first one, just as you're transitioning onto the rower, but not much. So you are going to be, you know, it's going to be more kind of muscular endurance, hypertrophy stimulus. Whereas if you did have to put the dumbbells down because you're using the 25, you need to do one big drive, pad it back down, reset every single time. We're going to be looking at making it into more of a kind of strength workout with like a little bit of, you know, almost active recovery in between because you're not going to be able to give it the same. So I think that's a really good one because I always try and emphasize that in class, you know, it's like, okay, it's not just how heavy can you go in this, especially when it's a finisher, it's thinking, okay, what's the stimulus for this workout? How am I going to, you know, achieve that stimulus? 100%. And I think we are, you know, getting a lot better at this as well is giving those guidelines in our workouts of you should be getting this much rest. And as people kind of develop and get used to it, um, it's something that should become second nature in the end. So I think, one thing that I highlighted as a caveat to this whole thing, um, so me and Jazz are particularly passionate about helping people start their fitness journey or getting them into fitness when maybe they've had a little bit of a break and don't really know where to start. Listening to your body is the most important thing and being able to work with a coach and trust your coach and trust the people around you to point you in the right direction sometimes when you need a nudge or sometimes when we need to try and pull it back a little bit, okay? When we are new to these things, the science you know can mean anything so i wouldn't always go back to it as gospel and think okay but if i want to work hypertrophy and i want to build mm -hmm. muscle and this is my goal i have to rest for on the dot this many seconds like not the case at all like if you rest for uh 90 seconds instead of a minute you're not going to lose your gains what we're talking about here is what is optimal according to studies that will change massively depending on your age current fitness level, training age, you know, um, experience. 
So a good thing to kind of link that back to is when we talk about RPE, that doesn't always equal actual exertion in terms of strength and fitness. Sometimes that can come down to, for example, balance or skill or getting used to a movement for the first time. And we've introduced Olympic weightlifting into our program uh, in, the, in the new year, for example. What a nine out of 10 deadlift looks like, if you've done deadlifts over the last seven months, is going to look very different to doing a 1RM snatch, for example, Olympic weightlifting movement, if you've never snatched before. Okay, because it's going to depend massively on things like skill, ability, mobility come into it. So these timings are always just a guideline that we'll use um, both with around the gym and with our clients and things like that. But it's more important that you listen to your body and feel out what that kind of looks and feels like for you as an individual. I don't know how you feel about that, Jazz. No, definitely. I completely agree. And I, I do think as well that, you know, I, I've been there before where I've been like, right, I need to do exactly this because it needs to be eight to 12 reps. Otherwise, I'm not going to build muscle. Like I said, there's, you know, there are these optimal ranges that me and Scotty have discussed for all of these things, rep ranges, rest times. But ultimately, there is a lot of gray area in there as well. So, um, you know, it's not you're not going to find a kind of almost loophole between one of the ranges and then get no results. We promise. 100%. And then, you know, I, I would put my cards on the table here. And I know I've discussed it with Jazz. I've been posting about this a lot on Instagram recently. Like, I believe for me to get the best out of myself, it is within a group class environment. Because having those parameters there help me focus a lot more. Because let me tell you, <laughs> if I'm training on my own, that 60 seconds to 90 second window looks a lot more like five minutes. <laughs> and it might look a lot more like seven minutes by the end of it. So, Having 100%. that kind of accountability and, and a coach around me and people around me to make me stick these interviews uh, intervals, I find is the best way to get the most out of my body. And it's where I've seen the most progress. And, you know, working with a coach who defines those parameters for me has been massively beneficial to my training over the last six to 12 months. 100% completely agree. Um, amazing. I think we, we've kind of covered what we wanted to cover today. So I think we'll leave it there. Any uh, final remarks or we all good? Uh, I hope everyone has a wonderful Christmas and New Year if we don't yes. see you again before. Have that. a fab Christmas, everyone. And if you find yourself bored and with nothing to do because you're off work, you can go back and listen to our previous 35 episodes. <laughs> Have a good one. Bye, team. <laughs>